Hi everyone and welcome to Game Bros. Hey. How is it going? Oh. <laughs> Hello, bro. It's so good to be back. <gasps> so good. Oh to my be. God, we are so excited for our 27th episode, I believe. <sighs> bro. Yeah. Oh I my mean, God. We, uh, it's it's insane. It's insane. I mean, and we have so many ideas for the upcoming episodes. Like we have one coming. Uh, it's gonna be a very special one about uh, Animal Crossing. We'll be inviting oh, yeah. a guest, so everything is planned. Our big great friend is coming and will be a guest in our episode that is coming probably mid-October. So we'll keep oh, you updated. Bro, it's gonna be so awesome. It's gonna be amazing, probably for the 30th, something around those mm -hmm. lines. So super exciting. Cool. But today we have a very special episode. But first, oh. at first, bro. Because that's very important. Yes. Like, we have not been very committed to the two-week thing for a very particular reason. Our lives yeah. have been kind of crazy, and I I will let you go first because like you were first technically speaking, <laughs> but I was like very close second. So go very, ahead. Very close. Tell them the Guys, big news. <laughs> here's the thing. You see, Guillaume and I call each other bros for a very long time now and there are a whole number of reasons for that mm -hmm. you know uh and of course we love each other's brothers but also our lives are very synchronized i would say <laughs> because the thing is as guillaume very well said we we apologize in advance we really want you guys know how committed we are to this podcast we so are. whenever we miss it it's because something really important is happening mm -hmm. and this time um i i am very very happy to say that the reason why we had to skip it, uh, a little for a little bit was because we were you know kane and i buying a house together and bro i am so happy with that you have no idea <laughs> And we are super happy for you too. I mean, that's amazing. That's great news because you came back to Brazil, what, in January or like December? Mm -hmm. But that was like, what, less than a year ago. And you're yeah, buying bro. a house. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's so awesome, bro. And you know, uh, my, my, my new home is going to be full of plants. It's mm -hmm. something that Kane and I adore. Plant biologists. Exactly, biologists freaking out with plants. And, uh, she and I uh, have an agreement that every single plant is going to have a name. Wow. So we won't forget about any of them. So we'll water them all and everything is going to stay green and healthy. I love it. That's a great idea. <laughs> I'll tell you about the names, bro. Oh, please. Yeah, we'll have to do an episode about the plants. <laughs> cool. <laughs> bro, now tell about your great news. So, I mean, talking about synchronization, <laughs> what, like a few <laughs> days after you, you announced us that you were buying a house, we visited several open houses with Pauline last weekend and <laughs> we bought a house too. <laughs> oh, guys, and, and you should see their home is so elegant. It's so pretty. I saw pictures, obviously, but I'm, I'm so happy for my brother and sister. Yes. And, and we, nephews. <laughs> And we are happy for you guys as well because, I mean, your house is the perfect house for Brazil, like super white. So we know that it's super hot there, you know, it's mm -hmm. super classy. I love the, the wood part of it. Like it's it's magical. I can't wait to visit. 
And that's great oh. because now we have actually like one place to visit you in Brazil and you have a place to visit us in San Diego. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, bro. Oh, bro. Uh, that, that's like a dream come true. Yes. And, and, and one thing that I have to tell you, and that's like first new guys, not even Guillaume knows that yet. Oh, 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 oh. I was talking to Kane because we have a third bedroom we didn't know what to do with. Yes. And, and it's this one I showed you that looks like an office, right? It has a really nice desk and, and a little couch and so on. Okay, okay. And, and at first it was like, you know what? This should be our man cave or something. Because we don't know what to do with it yet. But I thought man cave was a little gender bias. So I was like, oh my God. But I want her to appreciate that as well. <laughs> okay. So, bro, we decided it's going to be our nerdy room. And she and I are going to have like... A, a shelf just for Lord of the Rings, a shelf for Smash Bros. Amiibos, a shelf for Harry Potter. It's going to be magical, bro. And that's where we're going to record our podcast when we're together. Can I say something? It sounds yes. like a man cave to me, bro. <laughs> but she's going to be part of it, bro. Yeah, she will have one shelf. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing so you will have your own studio in brazil yeah. with all those magical mm -hmm. amiibos and collectible things that you have because you have plenty of collectible things yes and bro. oh my god i'm so so happy for you because i mean first you deserve it and that was a Thank big move brother. to come back to brazil uh, I know that you were super in love with San Diego too. So now it's so good that in less than a year, you were able to just buy a house, fell in love, fall in love with a house. That's amazing. I'm so, so grateful. I'm so happy for you. I can't wait to visit. Bro, those were the big news and those were amazing news. <laughs> oh, bro. I it's very heartwarming when you say stuff like that and, and you know how much i love san diego mm -hmm. but the the great thing is now my brother and sister and nephews are in san diego so i can always visit yes. and you guys are going to have a home here in brazil for whenever you want to come oh, so that's that's really exciting that's guys. awesome it's, it's now so we have awesome. to buy a private jet so that we can travel whenever we <laughs> that's a bit more expensive but who knows? Just a bit. Just a bit. Yeah. Just a bit. Just, just a tiny. Some millions. That's okay. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bro. Bro, what have you been playing or what have you not been playing <laughs> this week? Okay, bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay, these weeks, guys, were, were really busy because, you know, um, it, it's a whole process between falling in love with a house and actually being able to buy one mm -hmm. with all the bureaucracy Oof. guys it's a journey i know i mean i believe that uh several of our listeners um are about the same age uh -huh. so they're probably going through the same process or already went through the process of buying a home so i'm, I'm pretty sure they can relate oh and, and i so, can <laughs> i can relate <laughs> oh you can totally relate right bro yeah and so um, what I've not been playing this week, but I'm still like very excited about this because I, I'm about like a third on um, Kirby Star Allies, oh, yeah, like I was telling you mm -hmm. last time. Mm -hmm. And bro, having a whole lot of fun, really colorful game and so relaxing at the same time. So um, to, to say to not say that I didn't play at all, I think I played like about 
30 minutes to an hour this week so okay. it was like okay yeah. you know just i sat on my couch and i was like i'm going to play kirby and and have fun and both times were amazing bro very relaxing oh that's cool bro i have one question for you are you going to yes. have the switch in your man cave or in your living room mm. aha bro i am not i don't think that we are going to have a tv in our nerdy room <sighs> So I think everything is going to stay in the living room for now. Plus, they're so cute, bro. They, they go really well with the living room. I know. No, I know. I know. I'm, I'm just kidding. And same, like, we are buying a house, but there is no man cave. I mean, we don't have space for a man cave anyways. Uh, we have the, the, the attic. So at some point, I may do something in the attic. Oh, we'll, yeah. that's so cool. Yeah. I love attics. And the, we, there, there's something mystical about them. Exactly. <laughs> and so we have two attics, actually. We have one uh, on top Holy of the damn. house and one on top of the garage. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, I still don't so know. Awesome, I, I still don't know where I will put my 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 office. You know, but it will probably stay in the master bedroom. We'll have to see. But I'm excited because you're getting a man cave. That was your dream. It's a nerdy room, but we know what that mm -hmm. means. It's like 95% <laughs> man cave, 5% Kanye's cave. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, bro, it's going to be so awesome. Tell us about what you haven't been playing this, this week. <laughs> so I have been playing. I have been playing a game and you won't. Mm. I mean, you will hate it. So let me use my great Mac to send you a picture of that game so that I can see your reaction live. And people oh should God. tune and look at our Discord, like join our Discord, because like that face that you'll see will probably be priceless. So I'm gonna just share this with you. This can't be good, guys. No, no, no. And I don't want to tell you. <laughs> you, <laughs> you <laughs> <laughs> I see your face in advance. Okay, let me send you that link. It's coming over to you now. Oh, guys, this can't be good. So, Whenever he has stuff like that. So it's on my PC. It's on my PC. Just got here. The name of the game is Factorio. <laughs> so oh, my God, bro. Why would you get such a fancy PC for this? God, and I don't need such a beast to play that game, actually. But, but no. <laughs> let me speak. <laughs> so that's a okay. Do tell. So that's, Why? That's a factory game. So what I mean by mm -hmm. that is that it's a crafting game with very complex recipes. So the graphics are not perfect, but the, in theory, <laughs> so the the storyline is that you land on a planet. Oh, I mean, you crash on a planet with your. It's kind of like RimWorld. <laughs> <laughs> whatever uh, yeah. but the thing is so you crash on a planet and you're by yourself and uh, the goal of the game is to build a rocket to produce fuel for that rocket and send the rocket back to space and you win the game <clears throat> in theory you don't have to produce the rocket technically speaking a lot of people are just playing factorio just to have like very nice factories and have everything optimized like you know they want the perfect ratios of everything because basically you have plenty of recipes you want to produce stuff for to make other stuff that's that's the the bottom line what i like with that mm. game is that it's not stressful at all so when you're very tired and you want something kind of relaxing the thing is you're in that game it's not beautiful but at the same time you craft you think so it's kind of a game where you have to be active 
it's not a on it's not kind of a passive game you know like you really have to think and plan mm. your factory basically because the more recipes you will get the bigger the factory will be and you have aliens on that planet that are attacking your fucking factory all the time so you you oh. need weapons and so on to just to defend yourself and i got a tank so now i can just destroy them with my tank and i'm super <laughs> happy about it so bro bro i bought bro. that game two weeks ago and i put uh. and i put 25 hours in it. <gasps> oh my god bro you just told our listeners that your relaxation comes from working in a factory and killing aliens bro <laughs> super relaxing please don't don't think Guillaume is weird he is an amazing lovely person it's just weird. for relaxation guys <laughs> it's not meditation that is working for me it's factorio no. so bro if one day you get a pc mm -hmm. shoot, I'm, I'm sure you would trash that game so bad oh bro <laughs> I, I, I love that you always bring this new stuff to you because by myself, I would never heard of the game. I'm pretty sure of that. Oh, that's so funny. Okay, so now we are done with the intro. <laughs> Let's jump into the episode. So today we said, yes, right? Oh my God, I'm so excited. No. Please, please do tell everyone about what's coming. I'm excited too, because today we are not talking about video games. I mean, fact all your mm -hmm. four or five minutes, but today we'll talk about another series of books that are amazing and that we profoundly love. Bro, what are those books? Oh, bro. Okay. The I, I love our miniseries yes. so much and, and I think the last one was a, I can honestly say that was a bit of success because, you know, we've actually been, you know, uh, watching out the numbers of downloads of our episodes and they have been increasing and, and yeah. I'm, I'm really happy and I should thank you all for, yes. you know, being so... Mm -hmm so nice with us and, and enjoying the episodes we really pour our hearts to it and bro i think this one this mini series we are about to start today is going to be maybe one of the most popular one because oh, yeah. we are going to be talking about the most magical universe that has ever been created and i think that's a big hint <laughs> that's a big hint yeah so harry potter <clears throat> This universe is so magical in every way. First, and I should start with that because we are super excited. And today we'll talk only about the books from number one to number four. So we'll, we won't do a full episode on the seven books because so, so much stuff to talk about. So we'll start from the beginning. So uh, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone up to the Goblet of Fire because and we chose that because in the goblet of fire something big is happening and basically voldemort is coming back so and and that's why so th those first four books are good because to me i mean what i felt like when i was reading them is that they were really um childish but in a good way you know because i was the same age as harry when mm -hmm. i started reading i was like 10 ish and it was so magical because I, I pictured myself like 
before entering middle school, I was like, oh, maybe I will get my letter to Hogwarts and it's going to be amazing, you know? And I was super excited because I read that first book during the summer before entering middle school. And bro, let me tell you, I was so annoyed and so sad about not getting a fucking letter from Hogwarts. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Oh, bro. What about you, bro? Like, how did you get into this universe? (laughs) Bro, the exact same thing and about the exact same age, obviously. (laughs) Of course. Right? So, uh, bro, I, I remember very vividly. I... It's funny to say this because I wasn't a very smart kid. I, I was really? started by telling you this, nah, bro. I don't My that. teachers didn't think I was a very smart kid because I had a very hard time focusing on okay. things. Okay. Uh, my, my head was everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, and my godmother, who is an amazing woman and I love her dearly, came to visit me mm-hmm. because it was close to my birthday. Okay. Right? And, and, and she wanted to give me a really nice gift. And, and uh, my mom and her probably spoke over the phone, the phone a little bit about what was happening and my, my lack of concentration and focusing skills. And, and she was like, you know what? I think I have the perfect gift for him. Cause you know, kids, whenever they're like too creative and, and too much everywhere, a book is what makes them focusing. And, and that's when I got my first Harry Potter book. And, Honestly, that changed my life forever. Same, very same. And and people, you know, like we had this mini series on the Lord of the Rings, and I mean, the Lord of the Rings is something like it's outstanding, it's amazing. But I don't have the same relationship that I have mm-hmm. uh, with Harry Potter mm-hmm. because I can relate to what was happening to Harry because basically when we were reading it, it was probably the same for you we were the same age so when he's like becoming an adult you know somehow like transforming and like all these feelings about like falling in love and so on and so forth Mm -hmm. what is great with those books is that i was able to relate you know i was feeling this kind of transformation too and so usually whenever i was feeling sad or like something was not like something bad was happening at school or whatever with friends I always came back to Harry and that was my universe that I kind of like that was my protection that was my my little thing you know and man yeah like that's that's amazing that's an amazing that's that's so special and I think so many of us can relate to that to that because you know being a child and a teenager is never easy Mm -hmm. Um, you know there's there's so much going on and, and and as I told you I had this hard time because I knew I was smart. I was like, yeah. I'm not dumb, mm-hmm. but I don't like school. Mm-hmm. I remember not liking school. Yes. And and then the book happened in my life. And, and at the very beginning, and of course, this this podcast, this mini series is a not, we are not even going to talk about spoiling things because mm-hmm. I think we are so far ahead that now we are trying to actually dive deep and understand the intricacies of the whole story and and everything related to that so bro i i remember that i was able to relate not only to harry but to the three main characters in in a very special way Mm -hmm. because first when i got to meet ron weasley and and his family 
the first thing that came to my mind because I was I'm very blessed to be part of a really nice family, really big family. Everyone mm -hmm. loves each other, and we are like a team. Mm -hmm. And, and when I, I met the Weasley family, I was like, man, that's like, they're describing my family, you know? Yeah. Even the fact that they weren't very wealthy, but they were so like together. Yes. And, and and it's just like my family. We, we never had a whole lot of money, but we had a whole lot of love. Yeah. So that was very important to me. And, and it was the first character I could really relate to, bro. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, it's kind of hard to be able to fully relate to what happened to Harry because, like, that's exactly. the main character. But, like, at the same time, his story is so sad. So, like, before, mm -hmm. when you learn what, what happened, like, before the first year at Hogwarts, that's so tragical, you know, like, losing your parents that were the best parents on earth that gave everything yeah. to protect him against Voldemort and so on. And I'm not spoiling because guys, fuck, no. if you haven't read those books, <laughs> when you get this podcast, <laughs> like before listening to my voice right now, like just go buy those books on Kindle, on whatever, you find them, you find them mm -hmm. like, you buy them used, I don't care, you read them. And at exactly. least you read the first, I mean the first seven, yeah, of course, I mean read all of them. <laughs> All you have no excuse. <laughs> Don't waste your time. Just no read excuse. them all. And what is great too, because I mean, it's gonna be a lot of like talking back and forth and like grabbing a lot of ideas. But like, what is great with the first book is that it's not such a huge book. It's not True. very long, and that was super appropriate for us too, because we were getting into middle school, and it, that was a super easy book just to grab and read within a day you know like at least to me like i read that book probably i don't know like 40 50 times like my original book is still at my parents wow. place i saw oh, it this summer so cool. when i visited and bro it's so destroyed you know it's Aww. but i love it it's my book yeah and i it's full of history i brought it back here because oh really that's the book and it's in french and whatever but that's fine at the, at the time i was mostly speaking french anyways but what is great is that i want my baby boy and my baby girl to read that book i mean this from the same book i fell in love with of course it's kind of destroyed because i read it like 50 times 60 times brought it to the beach brought it to the mountains like it was on the car always with me i was sleeping with it i was sleeping on it bro oh. love that book like the the bro. first book I'm not gonna say it's the most amazing of all of them, of the series, because it's probably the most simplistic one, but mm -hmm. I'm gonna say that's my favorite one, because that's when I fell in love with that universe. That's the book. That's the Harry oh, Potter and the Phillies of Pristone. That's so powerful. Yeah. 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 That, that, that's really powerful. Mm -hmm. And bro, I, I can relate to so many things. I mean, I also read the book in my home uh, language mm -hmm. I, I read it in portuguese and so there are lots of really funny words that they had to translate because some words are very difficult for us to pronounce i don't even know if i can pronounce slithering the way nope. you know americans would or our british people would um but but you know they had to translate a whole bunch yes. of names and, and and stuff but they didn't translate enough any of the main characters mm -hmm. names at mm -hmm. least 
And so uh, to me, I had to, to basically read the books twice. Yes. We, I fell in love with the books in Portuguese. And then as I evolved in my life and I started to read things in English, I came back to them and I read them in English. Mm -hmm. And that was awesome too, in a okay. different way. But bro, the first book. Yes. The introduction to what became maybe the most beloved magic universe on earth because you know yeah. jk rowling doesn't have fans she has followers <laughs> she has yeah. people who love that universe like they were part of it oh yeah for and sure. and i think that's the magic of the book because you you sort of become part of it you you wish for the latter just like you said Oof. you 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 start to see people weirdly dressed in the streets mm -hmm. and you wonder mm -hmm. if you are looking at a wizard <laughs> that, that that's kind of crazy bro yes, i know and and bro um so ron weasley and his big family yes. first thing i i related to mm -hmm. secondly because of the fact that i i realized my my parents were really mad at my teachers because they thought i wasn't smart enough for the school mm -hmm. Uh, and, and deep inside of me, I knew I was just lazy. I could do better, okay. you know, but I didn't care much. Uh -huh. That's when Hermione happened to me. Because <laughs> honestly, like, whenever she knew a spell from the very beginning, and that's the thing, Hermione is very intelligent. Uh -huh. Yes, she is. Uh -huh. But she's also very hardworking. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. And I think that image is very important for kids in our age, too. Because sure. it's like, it's basically telling you, hey, dude, you can be another one, mm -hmm. or you can work really hard uh -huh. and make the difference. <laughs> and, and, and that, I think, I was in a place in my life where being told that was like, you know, meaningless. Mm -hmm. But reading that, seeing mm -hmm. what she could be, because, you know, she, she was born a human, a normal human. Mm -hmm. um, and but no she she had the power so she became a wizard and she had to start from the beginning yes. and bro that was freaking awesome no and that's, I, i'm a huge fan of her that's that's i mean i love Hermione too but the character i can relate the most the most with is probably harry not for his okay. like story but you know his behavior so i was kind of like harry i had hmm. i mean arias he hasn't he hasn't a lot of friends but I, I had plenty of friends but what was i i can relate because i was not working a lot but i was gifted so meaning that sometimes you don't have to put a lot of work a lot of efforts but everything was paying off you know and you can feel that in like like seeing harry in the books too you know like sometimes he's like not putting a lot of efforts but he's very good like at quidditch and he's very good at i don't know potions when he got the other books like that's for a later book but whatever <laughs> the sixth one but uh mm -hmm. yeah bro it's it's amazing uh that's that's something i can relate with because for all my middle school slash high school i was not putting a lot of efforts and i should have followed hermione like that that's probably something people should do and just like <laughs> when you realize that you don't have the perfect grades just put some efforts, you know, just do like Hermione. She seemed weird in the books, you know, and it's kind of a cliche, like the girl that is like reading and like learning everything is kind of weird. In fact, it's not. When we become adults, 
we look at Hermione and we, we, we respect her so much. You know, it's like, yeah. dude, like she got it. She's so mature. Like she, she, she enters a new world because she was not aware of that like magical world. She got the letter. She's joining right. Hogwarts and she wants to be the best. And that makes total sense. And what, what is she doing? Putting a lot of hard work, working, learning, practicing, and she has basically no friends at the beginning. And that's weird. Exactly. Everyone should be following her. She should have a cult, yeah. you know? Like, she should be like, oh, my honey, she's the best. <laughs> no, she's amazing. I, I agree with you. Yeah. She's amazing. As an adult, that's probably my favorite character now. But when I was mm -hmm. a kid, it was Harry. It was like, hey, see, look at him. He's like not working. He's doing all this mess all the time. And everyone <laughs> is succeeding. He's getting the points yeah. at the very end. He's like, and yeah, I was kind of, I wanted to be like Harry. I don't know if I was like Harry, but I wanted to be like him because it was like, he's not putting an effort at all. Like he's not working, but he's good. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, that's so true. And I mean, one thing that I love about Harry, and that's so clear from the very first book, he is special. Oh, yeah. Because he's become a, a legend. Yeah. He doesn't even know why he's special oh. until he starts to, to go to Hogwarts. Mm -hmm. And uh, when Hagrid tells him that he is the boy who survived, mm -hmm. and he survived the deadliest wizard that has ever existed yes right i don't know i don't think voldemort is the most powerful wizard that ever existed but i think he's the deadliest by far i would say and that it's probably is probably one of the most powerful probably at the same mm -hmm. level as dumbledore just for the reason that when dumbledore was at his fullest potential meaning that when he was facing um, Voldemort at the time he was probably the most powerful wizard on earth but still like Voldemort was still there meaning that they were probably kind of at the same level in my opinion so yeah. I think that those two were the most powerful ones but what is great in that book too and sorry I'm just interrupting but like just to say that no, now that I'm okay. mentioning all of that what is powerful in that book too is that you learn that Harry's mom, just with the power of love, was able to protect her baby. And when you start having babies, you know, like I, I reread some of those books uh, since I had Gab and Lelo. And to be honest with you, that's striking because, you know, like you start a very powerful universe, like a big, gigantic universe, but with a tragic very tragic story and in the end what you what you take from this story is that no love is always better than the most deadliest wizard on the planet so basically like just give love you know like and that's super powerful because when you read those books as an adult too they don't have the same meaning those are not child books i mean they are also but it's like the Lord of the Rings, you know, you won't take the same message from them depending on the age yeah. you are reading them like, but ah, I love those books. I just love them. <laughs> Bro, you said everything. I, I think if I had to give the final message of Harry Potter in a single sentence, mm -hmm. I would say that 
love is the most powerful magic. Mm -hmm. mm. I, I think that would be the message. Let me write it down. That's the title of our episode. <laughs> ah, I love it. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> and bro, um, as, as I was saying before, I mean, he learns that he is the boy who survived. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and he, in theory, beat the deadliest wizard when he was a baby. Oh, yeah. At least that's how he could have interpreted it. Mm -hmm. He could have been the, the ballsy guy who'd say, you know what? I was a tiny little infant and I beat yeah. this really powerful wizard. So now I'm really badass. And he is the opposite of that. Opposite. I think he, if he could, he would choose to be a normal kid raised by his loving parents. Mm -hmm on the spot like whenever he didn't want to be famous he didn't want to be powerful he didn't want to be special he just wanted his family and and that makes him a really nice person yeah. someone i i love yeah you know oh for sure and bro now let's get into some details because i have one big question that i have from the very like probably like from the very beginning cool Hermione. Okay, so when you have to like get into a house, so you have four big houses at Hogwarts. So you have Hufflepuff, you have Slytherin, you have Gryffindor, and what's the last one? Ravenclaw. Yes. Talking about Ravenclaw, how come fucking Hermione Granger joined Gryffindor? You know, like sometimes I have this question and I'm like, I don't think she was made for Gryffindor. She was a Ravenclaw, don't you think? Bro, I don't think so. Oh, okay, that's the I debate. I really don't. <laughs> I love <laughs> that's it. That's a debate, okay? Yes. I love this debate, actually. Yeah. Okay, bro, yes. as a Ravenclaw student myself, yes. you know, I took many quizzes to know which house was my house, and, and I belong to that house. Gryffindor. I, 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 oh, you're such a Gryffindor, bro. You're such a fucking <laughs> You had to be a Gryffindor. Yes. Kane is a Gryffindor, too. Yeah, that makes total sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, bro. And, yes. And, bro, I, I think Griff, uh, uh, Ravenclaw is for naturally gifted kids. But it doesn't have to be in a very... Um, how can I say? Cliche way of being smart. So. Okay being good with numbers okay that's a way of being smart so you're probably in ravenclaw but think about luna lovegood yes she is very very intelligent but she's also very unique she's yeah. very <laughs> and exactly she can be seen as a, a weirdo oh, she's and, a weirdo. although i i really don't see her like that i love no, her so much fantastic but, but she's a weirdo oh, she's fantastic bro <laughs> <laughs> And, and bro, Hermione is not only extremely smart, but she's also very hardworking. Mm -hmm. And towards the end, you realize that she's above all things really brave. Yeah, she's brave. Because, you know, mm -hmm. she is a nerdy, like she, she's the very description of a hardworking, really committed student. Mm -hmm. But when her friends needed her the most, she left school to help them. Okay. Not everyone has the balls to do that. Yeah, but when you're reading the book the first time, and that's what I'm talking mm -hmm. about, because I agree, like in the later books, uh, in the latest books, like I agree with you, like she's definitely a Gryffindor. But in the first ones, like probably like from one to four, for mm -hmm. me, she's a Ravenclaw. 
She's a Ravenclaw because every time Harry and fucking Ron are doing bad <laughs> things and like being super brave and adventurous and so on, every time she's complaining. Sometimes she even reports them. She is a Ravenclaw. At least in the first book, in my opinion, in the first book, she's such a cliche of a Ravenclaw. She's a Ravenclaw. Really, bro? Yes. I mean, <laughs> I I see what you're saying. I, I think she would have been amazing in that school. Oh, too. she would have been amazing. In that house, mm -hmm. too. I, I think yeah. she would be a great fit as well. And everyone has a little bit of, you know, personalities that would fit in all four houses. Oh, for sure. In the end, even though she could be really picky and annoying sometimes because she wanted she, to be a really good student, she's so uh, when they needed her, she was there. Even yes. when they were trying to take the stone before Voldemort. Yeah, okay. Which for her was like unbelievable. We are going to get expelled. That's not good. She was there. She didn't fly away. Yeah, and okay, so and that makes true. her a Gryffindor. And the hat, and the hat is able to see all of that, and that's exactly. why he wanted to put Harry in Slytherin and not Gryffindor mm -hmm. or like he was kind of tormented and he was like ah, I don't know exactly. and bro that's okay that's true so she's a Gryffindor and I'm fine with that mm -hmm. because in the in the in the last books basically she's like that she's a Gryffindor she's like fighting oh, yeah. she's putting her life at risk she doesn't care about school because there is a big purpose there is a big plan and she's fully into it. So she's a Gryffindor, like in the in the last books, for sure. It's just that in the yeah. first one, when, especially when you reread the books like several times, you know, it becomes like, kind of like, you don't get it, you know? It's like, why is she not in Ravenclaw? But knowing that JK Rowling, when writing those books, she had the whole story in mind probably, or like, she exactly. knew where it was going and so of course like when you have the the, the big picture yes she's mm -hmm. a gryffindor of course she is yeah and the hat we have to remind ourselves that it's a magical hat so exactly. maybe the hat so all of that and so fine by oh, me oh i'm pretty sure yeah so gryffindor exactly gryffindor it is exactly but when reading the first book don't be so surprised she belongs to gryffindor she is a great gryffindor member but she could have been to Ravenclaw too. In my she opinion. could have been. That's true, bro. And and I think, for example, Harry could have been in Slytherin. Oh, and uh, you know, he had. I mean, he was a fideoglot for crying out loud. Yes. He could talk yeah. the yeah. language of snakes, yeah. right? So, I, I think everyone has a bit of every house, and it's whatever is going to be your main characteristic in the most difficult part of your life mm -hmm. that is going to define precisely where you're gonna go and and when you take a look at these three they're so Gryffindor bro they're they are so Gryffindor but what I like too and of course we won't get into details because that's for the, the last books is that every student that belongs to Hogwarts they are at like even if they are part of a house they are part of Hogwarts too you know, like exactly. it's a family. So even if you are part mm -hmm. of a sub-family, like in the end, eventually, you're defending your castle, you're defending your 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 school, and that's powerful too. And of course, that's for later books. And right now, so I mean, we pretty much discussed a lot about book one because a lot of mm -hmm. that is happening in book one. But and I love Quidditch. I don't know if we have time to talk about Quidditch today. Because like Quidditch was probably the game I wanted to play as a child. I was like, oh. I want 
a broomstick. I want a broom. Like I, I give me the capability of flying, just like Harry. I want to catch those. I want to. I don't know. That's that's insane. She was not just creating yeah. a house. She was not just creating a universe. She was creating games that are like super well made with very mm -hmm. good rules. It makes total yeah. sense. I mean, they made oh. video games out of, out of Quidditch. You know, it's, it's exactly, insane. bro. I mean, JK is a genius. I She's mean, to genius. think about all the details. Yeah. And bro, I, I think for the first book, which, as you said, could sound childish because, you know, Harry is a child. And I think you, you, you sort of understand as you go through the books that as they are aging, the main characters are aging, the the context of the books start to mature yeah, as well for sure but even in the very first book we already have our first contact with voldemort yeah. he is very weak like in in the first book i think he's weaker than a ghost i would say yeah. he has to live Super as a parasite yeah and, and and using that really weak teacher by the way who later on you realize that he's one of the weakest wizards ever yeah. right yeah no like but that's that's basically showing us how miserable voldemort became mm -hmm. when he tried to kill harry yeah oh and bro i want to know from you yes when you first read about voldemort when you saw him probably i think his first actual appearance is when he's drinking the the blood from that unicorn in in the dark forest yes um what was your perception of voldemort was he scary to you what, what was your first impact when you read about him what was scary to me and of course maybe it's now kind of like biased because i read all of them um, mm -hmm. what was scary if i can remember is that he was still alive but he was supposed to be dead so even uh -huh. though he's super weak there is something wrong you know yeah. and especially at the very end you understand that yeah like cruel like the the teacher is dead or whatever like it's kind of weird like we we don't have a lot of details but like he was burning like ari was yeah. burning his face so like you kind of think he may be dead i i don't remember that part very vividly because i i i've seen the movies but that's not we are not talking about the movies too and sometimes they are taking shortcuts so i don't remember that yeah. part very well but what i remember and that's in the books is that we know that voldemort is not dead so even though creole mm -hmm. is out of the picture we know that voldemort is not dead so my first uh, contact with voldemort is that he's weak for sure but he's unkillable you cannot kill him so, and that's yeah. super scary and like for for harry that must be and feel so bad because every time like his scar is kind of burning he has like visions like in later books but it's it's insane because he cannot kill him or he has the feeling that he cannot kill him because he's basically kind of dead but not a ghost too that's super exactly. weird and that's super scary it's super weird super scary as a child too it's like your best enemy your biggest enemy is kind of a ghost that cannot die but can take possession of people and wow you know that's not common exactly <laughs> yeah bro i think 
that that's the main message of the the end of the first book it tells us hey Harry has amazing friends extraordinary teachers uh, the headmaster Dumbledore is just a freaking living legend mm -hmm. and everything is awesome oh, yeah. but hey the creature that took his entire family and nearly killed him is still alive oh, yeah. and as you said can't be killed yeah. which is can't be can't so be so frustrating super frustrating and yeah and uh, and bro it's crazy what what is great or, or sad i don't know but like is that when you start reading book two you realize that basically it's gonna be the same thing in pretty much every book it's like fighting voldemort will be the common theme in every book mm -hmm. it's gonna be a new year but basically a new year fighting Voldemort in a new form. The second one, and I want your honest opinion about the second book because to me, that's definitely the one I like. I don't like it a lot. I don't like it a lot, especially mm. since I was 11. Uh, it was a very dark book in my opinion. Um, I remember that I was reading a lot like hiding from my parents so like it was mostly late at night and so reading that book when it's late it's kind of a horror movie you know and that's what i remember from <laughs> i see book. what you're saying now yeah yeah bro i mean it starts in a really annoying okay so here's the first thing i hated dobby i hate the first dobby. time i okay. read i hated dobby i hated that him. book and dobby is a fucking piece of shit. he's the worst <laughs> exactly bro I mean, so that's the thing. I mean, when I started the second book, I was like, oh my God, I miss them so much. Yeah. I miss them so much. I, re I really can't wait to read it. And when I realized that the, so Ron and Hermione weren't writing letters to Harry, I was like, what the fuck? Uh -huh. I mean, after everything they've been through, I, I want to yeah. know about them. And so when I start to realize what Dobby's doing and what he does during that meeting, uh, that you know Harry's uncle has and nearly gets Harry trapped inside his room. I fucking hate that hell elf. Yeah. At first. Yes. And and now I love him so much. For um, other reasons, but in that book. For other reasons. He's exactly. a fucking bastard. Like, <laughs> and 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 like that book is sad from like the very beginning until the very kind of very end you know like only the few last pages are positive the rest is True. pretty much like okay we have this ongoing we have genie weasley that is kind of possessed and we don't understand of course we don't know it's genie at first but oh you know like for exactly, me that bro. book and i'm usually reading it but when i feel sad and when i want to read the whole series sometimes and of course don't say it to anyone okay please don't listen to mm. that part Sometimes I skip that book. That's no the way, one bro. I like the least. I don't like it. Wow. I'm afraid of and, it. That's and bro, to be... Yeah, go ahead. No, I, I'm just saying, like, that's the form. That's Voldemort's form. I like the least. Meaning mm -hmm. that it's kind of like a mental thing happening. And of course, like later on, we'll understand everything about like what was happening with that tiny book, and it's super bad. It's very 
dark, black and dark magic, but still, like, yeah. you understand that this book, from my pers- perception, like, that book is fucked up. You know, you use a exactly. tiny child that just entered Hogwarts to do very bad things. Ah, oh. mm-hmm. and it's an amazing yeah, book. Bro by all means I mean it's very well written and so on but bro I'm so scared sometimes I just skip it and I'm 32 like if I had to reread the entire thing I'm not committed to like reading the second book sometimes I just don't do it sometimes I do but not every time <laughs> what about bro, you bro I yeah. I remember being what I remember for sure is to realize that from the first to the second book, things already start to change very rapidly. Mm-hmm. So, the first thing I remember that made me... So, first, Dobby annoyed me a lot at the beginning. Then they finally make it into the school and don't get spelled. So, I was like, okay, this is starting to get that really was good. Close. That was close, though. But, oh. So, when the Weasley family meets the Malfoy family... Mm-hmm. And the way the Malfoy family is rich yeah. and, you know, extremely arrogant and the way they talk to them. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I relate to, to the Weasley family a lot. Mm-hmm. So that started to hurt me. Yes. Because, you know, every kid has a rich friend that is a little snobby too. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember when I was reading this, I was like, oh my God, this is just like this guy I know from school. Don't you say know? names. <laughs> No, I cannot. Maybe he's a fan. I cannot tell his name. Please don't. Uh, (laughs) uh, So I remember the book bringing things that the first one didn't. Mm -hmm. So about, you know, uh, all these classes of wizards and families and pure blood. So that's the thing. Like the whole Chamber of Secrets was created by uh, Slytherin Mm -hmm. so that that huge extremely powerful snake could kill people who weren't born wizards so Mm -hmm. think about it the whole thing it's about racism it's about a whole lot of stuff that is really dense for kids yeah that's the truth it is and on top of that that's the first time because when you're a kid like at first tom tom riddle like you don't know it's voldemort you know Mm -hmm. and so when you start understanding that these fucking guy as a childish you know like being a student at Hogwarts was like basically a monster you know like from the very beginning he was a monster and of course in later books we understand that it was Dumbledore's fight you know to try to bring him back to the light and that was lost in advance like that fight was just lost from the very beginning because that guy Tom Riddle, aka Voldemort, or the one who shouldn't be named, whatever. That guy <laughs> is pure evil. And in that second yes. book, you understand that. And it's not just the final form of like Voldemort being the greatest or like villain, wizard, whatever. No, that happened when he was a student at Hogwarts, mm-hmm. killing one student using a basilisk, like the, the, the snake. And you're like, yeah. dude, he was able to, to, to talk to snakes when he was a student. So he, he voluntarily made the commitment of learning how to speak with snakes, like two snakes. And it's like, 
dude, like that book is overwhelming, you know? And that's why I'm yeah. skipping it sometimes. It's like, I think that this book is happening too fast, especially mm. knowing the one that is coming right after. That is probably my favorite one of the whole oh. series. Okay. Yeah. And I loved book number one, book number three. And in, in between, we have this very like tragic book you know, like with this, and I agree with you with the pile of racism and so on and so forth. It's exactly that. And I was kind of, I felt bad, you know, reading it. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm just 11, you know, I just don't want to face that now. That's weird. Oh, bro. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I don't think that I had the, I, I don't think that I felt all that as a child. Mm -hmm. I think I was I felt that. too focused on, on. The, the actual story that okay. any child would focus on, okay. but now the more we talk about it, the more I realize that the yeah. the pace was actually pretty fast forward when when yeah. reading the second book and when when you think that Lucius Malfoy was evil enough to put that diary mm -hmm. in Jeannie's room and, and I mean, she was a baby. She wasn't even a child. She was like first year. So, and, and he knew exactly what was going to happen, yes. right? Because later on, he realized that he has always been mm -hmm. on Voldemort's side. Mm -hmm. And bro, it's it's really dark. Plus, I mean, I think that's when I also realized that the most important uh, class in Hogwarts was always taught by really bad teachers because that's when Gilderoy Lockhart <laughs> is hired. And I mean, defense against the dark arts is probably the most important class because Voldemort's still alive. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that guy is just the worst. Like, I the hate worst. him too. Like. I, I the only scene so there are a few scenes I, I really like about that book and I remember when Snape kicks his ass in that spell class I'm like that was like one of the first times I said you know what Snape is a badass and he can be mean but he's also yeah. a badass and that's when you realize that Snape was meant to be the professor of True. defense against the dark arts like for me like yeah from the very beginning you hate him you like him in later books you kind of like adore him you have to that guy is fantastic i'm not i mean i'm not spoiling anything but you have to read all the books mm -hmm. so that this would make sense especially when you're finishing when you finish the whole series and start from the very beginning you kind of love snape because yeah. snape can relate to what Harry is living because he has kind of the same story too and he wants Harry to succeed he made mm -hmm. wrong choices and he doesn't want Harry to commit the same like to do and, and have the same wrong make, make the wrong choices too I mean Snape is fantastic and you realize in those books that he should be the one teaching those kids because he knows exactly. the spells Oh, he knows he's them all. Powerful. He's super and powerful. He's really powerful. Exactly, bro. I mean, that that one scene basically tells you, hey, Snape is way more than oh, a potion te teacher. Like, way more than oh, that. Yeah. He and, shouldn't be a potion teacher. I mean, Lockhart teacher. was... I, I think the only thing Lockhart could actually do was to mess up with people's memories. So that's why he yes. 
he stole all these stories and this glorious wizard's um, accomplishments to himself. So and wrote books. He's a, yeah. he's a mental. Yeah. And and bro, I think the whole thing. Okay, the other thing that I I remember thinking a lot about when I heard that Harry could talk to snakes, mm-hmm. and we know, uh, and Hermione is is of course the person who brings that up, <laughs> that you know, Slytherin could do that. Yeah, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 very founder of that house mm-hmm. could speak to snakes, and that's the reason why the house symbol is a, a snake. So. Yeah. And we know that Voldemort could do that too. So I remember when I finished that book, I was thinking, I was really afraid that Harry was actually Voldemort's kid. Oh yeah. Somehow. Uh 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 I was really afraid of that. I was like, what if he's his son? Mm -hmm. So, and that would have been really bad to me as a child because I loved his parents. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, there's no way this could be real. But I, I, I couldn't help it. I mean, yeah. I was like, this is definitely something you inherit. Yeah. It's not something you can practice much. Although people can yeah. talk a few words mm-hmm. if they want to. Like like Ron learns very later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, Harry could talk to snakes like by instinct. Yeah. So I was like, maybe... Yeah. So so that was really messed up, bro. And I I agree with you. I can relate with that. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know if I thought at the time that it was that Harry was somehow related to Slytherin. But what I felt like was that probably Voldemort was, you know, like Tom Riddle mm-hmm. had to be, like oh, yeah. kind of the descendant of 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 Slytherin because like that would make sense, and. Bro, yeah, that, that book, that second book is kind of dark. That's the one mm-hmm. at the very bottom of my favorite Harry Potter books. Just because I was exposed to it too soon, I think that like an adult starting the series now would probably love that second book mm-hmm. a lot. But like being exposed to that book as a child, especially from jumping from book one, that was super cute, you know? I mean, you have this mm. tragic like beginning and so on, but like still the rest is like powerful and slow. You have friends. You're discovering like you're you're shopping for your Hogwarts. Your oh, you know the shopping yeah. for Hogwarts. It's so great. Getting the magic wand and it's like, oh, bro, I just want to do it. Too. <laughs> oh, bro, the the whole diagonal yeah. is yeah. It's just. Oh, I don't even know how to begin to describe it, bro. What I realize is that we have been recording for nearly an hour on two books. We should stop. And it. I think this is only fair. Yeah. So let's focus on these two books yes. and then we advance because I agree. the third and the fourth, I, I think I, I already heard that your favorite is the third one. Uh-huh. And I think I read a pool once online and the third one is a favorite book for a whole lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I, I completely understand. It's an extraordinary. It's not my favorite. I will tell you which one is my favorite when the time comes. No, let me let, let me guess now. Okay. Let me guess. Oh, now. okay. I want to okay. guess now. If you guess it right, I'm going to tell you. Otherwise, I'll wait until we talk about it. It has to be between the fifth and the sixth, in my opinion. Mm. And mm, I'm curious. Let's see. I think it's the sixth. 
Oh my god, bro. Yes, it's the sixth. Yeah, okay. And you know yeah, what? That's because like the sixth favorite. is super close to the third. Uh, I, I, I love the sixth one too. Uh, super powerful. I mean, this one has to be one episode. I, I think oh, that yeah. at some point, like probably for the fifth, the sixth, and the seventh, we'll probably have yeah. to do one episode per book because those ones are deep, very big, you know, with a lot of exactly. stuff happening. So we should probably like yeah. just give one episode, one full episode to those. Bro. That's true, bro. Let's do that. And I don't want you to tell why that's your favorite mm -hmm. because we'll talk a lot about the sixth one in that yes. episode. But I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm super happy I was able to guess. <laughs> Congrats, bro. Now, bro, give me your mm -hmm. feeling when, when you read those for the first time, jumping from book one to book, book two, were you excited about reading book three? Were you kind of overwhelmed by, by book two? Like, what was your process? Like, were you able to, because to be fully transparent with the audience, when I bought and when I got into the, the Harry Potter world, I bought, I bought book one and the mm -hmm. next summer, or probably like during my, I don't know, like beginning of middle, school i don't remember i think i got pretty much the three books at the same time and i had to wait okay. for a very long time to get the fourth because mm -hmm. jk rowling was actually writing it and yeah. for me like my kind of salvation was to jump right into the third book like right away i finished book number two ah. and i had to at least read like i don't know like 20 30 50 pages of book three to feel better about the universe. Because for me, book two was so deep and dark that I was super close of just quitting. I see. Wow, bro, that's intense. Yeah, I know. Okay, that's that's different for me, okay. bro. I mean, I remember, as I told you, like nowadays with, you know, being a grown up and stuff, you realize that there's way more into that book than I realized back in the days, mm -hmm. definitely. Mm -hmm. But the end of, of the second book was very strong to me in a mm -hmm. very positive way mm -hmm. because I am a pet lover mm -hmm. and my connections to my pets were always so deep. Here's a side story about me that people always laugh about. My entire family loves to tell that story. I had a fish tank with nearly 20 fish and every single one of them had names. And when one of them would pass away, I would miss a day at school because I was crying the whole day. Oh. That is how attached to my pets I am. Oh no. Ever since I'm a little child. Oh no. And when folks, the phoenix, comes to save Harry, mm -hmm. and, and she uses her own tears to save him, and realize that she's a very mag magical creature that only saves those that are really loyal and faithful. And that message really struck me in a very positive way. So they were there rotting. I mean, Jean was about to die. Yeah. Harry was poisoned. Yeah. Everything seemed to... I was like, oh my God, what is going to happen? And then the bird comes and, and it brings them back to safety. And that was so non-cliche to me as well because i was pretty sure that dumbledore was going to save the day yeah because when i realized how 
awful the whole situation became. Because mm-hmm. I was like, okay, Voldemort is not coming back, at least not from the diary. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the two of them are most likely dying. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Ginny was nearly dead and Harry was poisoned. Mm-hmm. So I was like, no one is going to be as powerful as Dumbledore to save them. And no, yeah. it's a very special bird who does that. So that struck me in a really positive way. And, and that was like, I love this now. Okay. You know? Okay. And... In the contrary, I'm kind of pissed at Dumbledore, knowing how powerful he is, you know, in like later books, that Mm. he was not like doing an intervention there. And he should have been the one just like, you know, entering the Chamber of Secrets, killing the fucking damn snake, because he could, you know. Like, oh, I mean, easily. just do a fucking Avada de Kevadra, you know, like just do it, you know. You're, You're the guy. You're the guy, and he has, and of course, I don't want to spoil anyone, but he has the wind. He's like, exactly. he's the guy. He can pretty and even much if he didn't. Yeah. Ah, he's whatever. so powerful. He knows I, so many spells. I was pissed because when you realize that in like all those books later on, that like Dumbledore is so good, you know, because you kind of feel it in those first two books, but it's like, is this old man? He was mm-hmm. very good and powerful in the past but now he's like just the headmaster you know that's fine but in all those books like later it's like oh my god that guy is a beast he's a beast he's just so good like when he doesn't want Mm -hmm. to intervene he's not doing it but like in that particular moment and i'm not talking about harry i'm talking about genie the headmaster should have been the one not sending the phoenix but like going there you know that's weird. Yeah. And for me, that's why... Well, my, yeah. my feeling from the book was that he didn't actually send folks. Mm-hmm. I think folks Ghost realized yeah. what was happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, bro, I think you just got into one of the most entertaining discussions about the Harry Potter universe. Because, mm-hmm. as you very well said, later on you realized that some of the teachers and Dumbledore are like living legends. Oh, yeah. Uh, another teacher that I absolutely love is Professor McGonagall. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She is brilliant. She's fearless. She's extraordinary. <laughs> and the kids have to save the days over and over again. Yeah. And I had three phases about the Harry Potter universe. The first one, when I was a child and I didn't have... How can I say? I didn't actually realize how stupid at first it is Mm -hmm. for three kids to save the day Mm -hmm. instead of these really powerful wizards. Mm -hmm. So that was phase one. When to me, everything made sense. Mm -hmm. Phase two, I'm a teenager and I start to question things Mm -hmm. and I start to realize how powerful these teachers are. And I was like, how come Professor McGonagall and Dumbledore weren't inside that fucking chamber when they needed them? Yeah. So so that's phase two when I was like, okay, this whole universe is a little bullshit because mm-hmm. you know the teachers would have realized. Mm-hmm. And the third phase, which I am in right now, I actually think, and again, Dumbledore, and we learned that in the very last book. So let's not go too far onto that. But Dumbledore had very uh, weird ways of teaching things, mm-hmm. and he wasn't the guy you think he is precisely. Yeah, for sure. And, and now that I think about it, I think he actually wanted them to go through the whole crap because he knew that they wouldn't die because they were basic, he was basically raising them to be strong enough to do what they had to do in the end. 
Yeah, that makes sense. It's really fucked up. Yeah. But makes sense, don't you think? Yeah. So, like, the only thing now that I'm rereading uh, those first books, the only thing that does not make sense, at least in the first two, for me, is the end of book one. You know, like you have mm. all these like little things to 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 do just to finish and end up like grabbing the sorcerer stone or philosopher stone, whatever. And what I don't get is that knowing how Snape or how Dumbledore is powerful, just like leave them with the fucking stone, you know? Like, why would you do such a strong thing, like st such a complicated, intricate thing, and like not first not intervene? Because those guys could have done it, you know? Like in just oh, a yeah. couple of spells, like being like, okay, let's defeat that fucking teacher that is bad. Mm -hmm. But like, instead of doing that, no one is doing anything and so as you said and it's probably justified now maybe they wanted to teach them something yeah now that's 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 a good that's a good hypothesis and i like it a lot for me i was kind of thinking that when jk rowling was writing the first at least two books that she was taking shortcuts because she kind of didn't know where the whole thing was going, if it was going to work. And I'm not saying that those books are simplistic, but now that I'm rereading them when I have to or when I do, I feel like they were kind of simplistic, you know, with a lot of shortcuts. And it's, it's like, oh, they have those puzzles to solve. And yeah, that's cute for a book. But when you read yeah. those like, book six or five or seven it's like dude like it's not the same world i don't get mm -hmm. it and of course like at some point voldemort will come back so they yeah. have to step up but when you look at exactly. that you're like dude like you should have like tried harder because like when you look at what is happening in book one and two or at least one voldemort was super close of coming back just for a mm -hmm. fucking simple mistake of not having yeah. good wizards interfering with the schema, like the scheme of that guy, you know? Like, it's like, just do it, you know? You have Snape, Snape could destroy uh, Squirrel in like, what? I don't know, one second? <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. Basically, <laughs> it's like, hey, mm -hmm. you're done, you're dead. <laughs> Bro, that's so true. And I mean, you're right. I mean, even in my, my hypothesis actually made me come to peace with the books, because I was like, okay, Maybe they're not so childish. Everything was meant to be that way to prepare mm -hmm. them for what was coming. Mm -hmm. But you're right. If they had messed up, Voldemort would have been back. Yeah. That's not a risk you take. That's not a risk you take. <laughs> so I, I wish, I mean, if I could ask for a favor from J.K. Rowling. <laughs> okay. I would ask her to write a book. Uh, telling the whole story from Dumbledore's perspective because the last book mm -hmm. is perfect oh, yeah. but I wish I knew from let's say book one what is Dumbledore's perspective mm -hmm. on, on the stone mm -hmm. did he ever think about the fact that Voldemort could come back mm -hmm. or he was just saying you know what Voldemort will come back mm -hmm. maybe he's so wise that he already knows that he's going to come back yeah. he will find a way to come back so he's like I'm gonna have to prepare these kids for what's coming, mm -hmm. which is brutal. Mm -hmm. It's fucked up, but it's very Dumbledore, yeah. in my opinion. 
and uh, okay and i know it's childish but those guys are wizards and i'm not talking about webcams or whatever but like the the mirror that he has you know and that mm. harry is not begging for the stone is actually like just saying i don't know and like he got the stone that's basically how yeah. he got into possession of the stone yeah. put that fucking mirror in dumbledore's office with a fucking webcam you know and when the guy is trying to get the stone <laughs> dumbledore can just come back in a like snap of a finger you know and just defeat the mm -hmm. guy that's that mm -hmm. simple it's like why yeah. would you create like seven little puzzles or like six i don't remember like five whatever why would you do that knowing that those puzzles are not so complicated they are scary mm -hmm. yes but if someone wants the stone, especially if it's someone powerful, those are for child. Like, look at them. Yeah. They were able to solve the thing. So exactly. imagine a wizard that wants, uh, like that wants Voldemort's back. Can you imagine the guy knows all the powerful spells? He can pretty much destroy everything. He could kill the damn dog, mm -hmm. you know? They are just mm -hmm. playing music to the fucking dog the guy yeah. could kill the dog and when you read the last books you're like dude like the first book is cool but that's a child book and now that we yeah. see people being killed and like they are killing pets and you know like it's it's dark like the last ones are dark it's really dark. and it's like they're so dark yeah it's like dude like why is the dog still alive you know in book one because mm -hmm. like the guy is just playing the flute or the, the harp and you're like I don't get it. Now that I'm rereading exactly. book one, it's too simplistic. It's too childish. I still love it, mm -hmm. you know? But for me, we are really getting into the good, serious book with book three. That's why it's my I favorite see. one. I see, bro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I couldn't agree more with you. I mean, lots of explanations I have are speculation. And that's why I think... Because I think if, if JK wanted to really tell us everything that actually happened and why they happened she's creative enough to really tell us every single reason why mm -hmm. and yeah. if i had to tell the story so for example i know that some uh, magical creatures and i know that from from the magical creature book mm -hmm. some of those creatures are uh basically unbeatable yeah so for example dragons cannot be killed by avada kedavra mm -hmm. they just reflect whatever spell yeah. you mm -hmm. try yeah um, so maybe the dog is the same. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, and the puzzle, again, I think Dumbledore knew from the very beginning that Voldemort was a certain thing. Mm -hmm. He was going to come back. Okay. So maybe he played dumb just to know what was his next, next move. Okay. Because he knew it was inevitable or something like this. I don't know if I am fantasizing too no, much because I want be. the books to make sense. <laughs> that could be. That could be. It's just that, and of course we knew, we know now that like in all those first books, they were not taking the fact that Voldemort could come back seriously or not the way they mm. should have especially in the fourth one so that's coming that's the next episode probably but yes, still like, exactly. you, you realize that in those books that they were not taking the threat yeah the way they should have and so that's probably mm -hmm. what is explaining book one and book two it's like why would this happen this year we have the philosopher's stone we'll put it somewhere 
we have some puzzles someone will be scared and just like get away uh, go, go away and not try to grab it maybe that could very well be mm-hmm. it's just that now sometimes i feel like what i should read when i'm reading harry potter is start at book three finish at book seven and that should not be the case because for me the first two books can be for adults but sometimes feel like childish i love them yeah still part of my favorite books ever uh but mm-hmm. yeah I, I think and again i cannot blame jk you know writing seven books it's not an easy yeah. task and when you start somewhere she probably had the the, the idea of just writing something for childs for children at first mm-hmm. and when she realized that everyone was getting into the harry potter thing and everyone was excited because the universe is so amazing now she's like okay let me write books for everyone and that's probably book three in my opinion that's probably mm-hmm. book three and then she's like really getting into it and she's like if the book has to be 600 pages long so be it you know yeah, and that's what exactly. is happening in those ones the last ones it's like pff, those ones are extraordinary in my opinion oh yeah from from the third one they, they really go to an, oh, yeah. another level oh, yeah. bro yeah and i think it's great that we're actually going to reserve oh yeah because uh, the actually trying to cover four amazing books in a single episode is a little too much and we are crazy and but we, are we have boys. to dive deep yes <laughs> the books deserve our attention they right do. bro they do and bro i'm so happy that we already started this mini series honestly i can't wait for the next episode on the third one yes uh and and maybe the fourth one but honestly now i'm not going to promise anything yeah no we'll just talk about yes. these books as we feel like it because you know this conversation was so great to so me. amazing so ama- and mm-hmm. i think and maybe i'm wrong but we'll see we cannot predict the future. We are not Harry, we are not Dumbledore. <laughs> but <laughs> what I can tell you is that book three, because it's my favorite one, that could be one episode. I, I don't know, yeah. I don't know. But And I, I don't mind that at all. Okay, and like the fourth should probably, oh, like it deserves one. This thick. Yeah. Exactly, and it's so good and so much stuff going on. Yeah, and so complex too. You know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. <gasps> Bro, this series, cannot start the best a better way like i mean what we have been discussing about like those are books we cherish we love mm-hmm. bro i'm so happy right now i'm so happy so am i bro and guys i mean our idea of this whole mini series to be more or less what we did for lord of the rings so now we are really focusing on the books mm-hmm. we will most definitely talk about the movies and we have lots to talk yeah. about it too and we will finish with games. So we're gonna go the whole universe, right, bro? Whole universe. And I mean, yeah. so much to talk about. I'm so happy about this, bro. I just can't wait. Oh, I can't wait either. And as a like, final word, let me say something, bro. <clears throat> yes. Play some Factorio. That's an amazing game. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> bro, that's not how you should end this episode. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs> Bye, bro. Love you. Bye, Bye. everyone. (laughs) Love you guys. Bye. (laughs)